born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now, the Lord can make a difference in anything. And so, therefore, but everybody can have problems, whether you've been married once or twice or three times or whatever, or if you've never been married at all. Just getting through life can be a, a pain. You've got to go through that. Now, the Bible does say in Proverbs, it says, a man who findeth a woman findeth a good thing. She's a thing. That's why they often say, you sweet thing, you. <laughs> that will move right along here, John. Now, notice what he says here in verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So is there a comparison here? You have to admit, it's there. And so he said, and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in almost everything. Almost. <laughs> unto her own husband in everything that she agrees with. Now, the only reason I misquote a few things like that is to make the point. Everything. You say, well, you don't know who I'm married to. No, and I don't want to know. I had, I had a man and woman come to see me one day, and they sit in my office, and he's sitting there, and she's sitting there, and they wanted me to talk to them about when we're going to maybe have this little ceremony, you know. And I says, I looked at him, and I says, all right, tell me, uh, why do you want to marry her? I mean, you're talking about a deer in the headlights. <laughs> he looked at me, totally dumb face, face turned white, and she... She looked at him and says, well, <laughs> well, I said, because you love her. Yeah, 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 yes. I thought my stars and they're going to get married. And I started going through some of the things. And I said, and this is where I will say, you know, I will thou take this man to be your awful wedded wife. No, I didn't say all that. Anyway, I says, love, honor, and obey. She ho, 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 ho. She says, uh, that word, uh, obey, you got to take that out. I said, wait a minute, you mean the word obey, you're, you're not going to obey your husband? Well, this is 50-50. I says, ma'am, I'm going to say obey. She says, well, I don't want that in there. I says, then you need to get somebody else to marry you. I would not marry them because they're heading for trouble. Marriage is not 50-50. Man's the head of the home. Whether we like it or not, if he ain't that good and you can't trust his judgment, let him alone. Don't marry him and ruin his life. You can find a wimp somewhere if you want to and marry him and control him. But if you want to marry a man, marry a man. Not a sissy. Anyway, y'all get me sidetracked here. Look at the next verse. 
in verse 25, husband, do what? Love your wives. How? Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The man should be willing to give his life for his wife. Like this one guy says, I regret that I've only got one wife to send to the country. <laughs> no, that was something else. I don't think I got that exactly right. That's close. <laughs> now, y'all know when I'm joking, right? Please, when I'm serious, you, you know that. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And then he says in verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And it's supposed to be holy without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. And this is why God says that when a man and a woman come together, they are supposed to be together until death do they part. I didn't write the book. I just try to tell you what it says. And that's why, because it is a picture of Christ and the church, where he accepts us and we accept him. Nobody made him accept us. Nobody made you accept him. It was a mutual agreement, right? When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you did it without force. Nobody can make you do it. So when you become Joined together with the Lord, He gives you eternal life. And this is never to be severed, separated. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. So that's why marriage was intended by God to be one man, one woman for the rest of His life. And if the wife dies, then the man is free to marry another one. If the man dies, the wife is free to marry another one. But you're not supposed to have two living spouses. Because evidently something went wrong. Now, in the New Testament, uh, Matthew chapter 19, and we'll look at that in just a minute. Well, it's, a, it's the next scripture there. Go ahead down here and look at that. Look in Matthew chapter 19. Look in verse 3. You can just look on your notes there for the sake of time. And you notice the Pharisees, they came unto him, to Jesus, and tempted Jesus. Said unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? So they would kind of trap him because there's different philosophies at that time. You could divorce your wife just by, I divorced thee, I divorced thee, I divorced thee, it's done. That's all it was done. For any reason. And if he said no, then why then in the Old Testament did God allow Moses to give a bill of divorcement? Because he did. But that was what God said. And remember this about a bill of divorcement to permit. It didn't mean that people had to get one, but it was because of the hardness of their heart. Because they're gonna, in other words, they're gonna do it anyway. Isn't it true that God was gonna give them something to eat? And they started complaining about, we want meat, we want meat. Remember that? So what came in? Quail. A lot of quail. And they had quail until it was coming out their ears. Now, that's not what God wanted, but God permitted them to have it. But there are consequences. See, people can, thou shalt not lie. So, can you lie anyway? But there's consequences. Anytime God says, don't do something, it means it's going to hurt you down the road. When God says, thou shalt not cover it because you're in for a, a built-in frustration. Because I want, I can't have, I'm mad. You ever seen... Some people who have more than you and become envious, filled with jealousy, made you, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. 
Because they get more. And I'm just, I serve the Lord just as much as they do, and I ought to have more than they do. And you'd be surprised how the covetousness. And what, can you do it? Yes. But can it have an effect upon you? Yes. Can you kill somebody? Yes. Now, me and my wife, we've never discussed divorce. Murder, yes, but not, never divorce. That was a joke. I have to tell you all that, so otherwise you'll take me seriously. But so you can, can you commit adultery? Is it possible? Yes. Does God hate you? No, he hates divorce, and he hates adultery. He hates sin, and God does. But because we are sinners, we sin. And so what you've got to understand is this. Not everybody does everything perfectly all their life. Wouldn't it be great if they did? But even children of God, Christians, don't do everything they should do. But notice what he says here. Down here in Matthew, look in verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? In other words, he goes all the way back to Genesis, not to Moses under the law. He goes all the way back to the original. How did God set it up in the beginning? Well, this is what he did. And so in verse 5, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, father and mother, not Adam and Steve, father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. One flesh. So two become one. And when these two fleshes come together, they can produce this little Johnny and uh, little Susie. Two become one. And this union is supposed to last from now on until one of you have died. See, but if there had been no sin, whoever you married, and you thought she was pretty then, she would stay pretty all eternity. But sin got in there. And that hourglass figure, all of the sin goes to the bottom sooner or later. Things change. It's like this little girl in the grocery store. She was a hollering and whining and pining and running up down the aisle. And she says, where's my money? Where's my money? And she says, why didn't you hang on to her skirt? I couldn't reach it. Because sometimes, you know, things happen. People don't always do what's right. There's consequences. So regardless of the sin, there's consequences of it. If you get married, are there going to be consequences? Even if you love each other, are you going to wind up saying things or hurting each other that maybe you shouldn't? Yep. Can you get divorced? Sure you can. God won't stop you. He didn't make you get married. But if you decide to get married, you're supposed to do it to this long. But if you don't and you get divorced, okay, there's problems. You can have the problems if you get divorced. Some people get just plain lonely. They can't stand being by themselves. And next thing you know, I mean, she looks good. Well, he looks good too. Can you get married? Yeah, you can. Should you? Some people say you're old enough to get married, but that doesn't mean you're wise enough to get married. But how many times I've told that to teenagers? You're old enough to get married. Being, I was 18 years old when I got married, but I was so mature. Oh, I was so, so intelligent, so smart. I was a knucklehead. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I was not prepared for marriage. When I asked her dad, can I marry your daughter? He says, no. I says, why not? He says, because you don't have a job, you don't have a money, and you don't have a place to live. And her mother says, and you're a bum. And everything they said was the truth. So we went our way and got married. I figured I tried it the right way. <laughs> he said no. So we did it anyway. Did we get married? Yes, we got married. Was it the best way? No, it wasn't the best way. 
Well, the consequences, yeah, there's consequences. And God never blessed my bad decisions. He blessed my good decisions. I had to start listening and learning. I had to grow and start making some wiser decisions. Can there be consequences if you get divorced? Yes, there can be. Can you do it? Yes, you can. Can you get remarried? Of course you can. A lot of people do. But any time you do, there's going to be additional problems. Because why? Because getting married and dealing with people are problems. You have three kids, you got at least three problems. Because they're all problems. This is why you seek the Word of God to learn wisdom so that you can try to solve problems. We're problem solvers. And if it wasn't for people having problems, you wouldn't have a job. The only reason you got a job is because somebody has a problem. They need you to help solve it, whatever it might be. So now, this is what is taught in the book of Matthew. So even though Moses gave a bill of divorcement, he never commanded them to do so. And if you're going to do it, there's still consequences. There's additional problems that you're going to have. It's because God loves us and God is merciful. God is gracious. Aren't you glad that God doesn't deal with us continually all the time after our sins? You mess up one time, bam, that's it, you're, you're dead. None of us would be alive. None of us would be alive. Because God's, uh, I gave you one chance, that's all you got. Aren't you glad that he loves you enough that he can overlook some? Love covers a multitude of sins, even with the Lord, he sees. Now, page two. <laughs> and we're running out of time. That's because y'all hold me up so much. Now, in Matthew chapter one, it talks about the birth of Christ. So look in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when his mother Mary was the spouse of Joseph. In other words, they were like engaged for about a year, typically, under the Jewish law, other customs, what they did. And so um, Mary and Joseph, they, they were committed to each other. They were then looked upon as husband and wife, but they couldn't touch each other. He was supposed to go build a house and get everything ready, and she was supposed to wait and twiddle her thumbs and get things ready. And she had to, you know, she had her hope chest. I talked to my just the other day. I said, this is my hope chest. Someday I hope it'll be a chest. But here it says in verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. In other words, not marry her. Because she was found to be with child. And he knew it wasn't him. And unless God intervened. See, God did not make Joseph do anything. God didn't make Mary willing, except she chose to. Let it be unto me according to thy word. And God had to speak to Joseph in a dream and tell him what to do, and he chose to obey. Later on, God told him in a dream to get that kid and get down into Egypt, and he did. So you see, God gives us free will. We can make choices. And he was going to put her away and not marry her, because she's going to have a kid, and that ain't my kid. And so he had to tell them that that child she has is of the Holy Ghost. Wouldn't that be hard for you to believe? Uh, wait a minute. Imagine what they went through and all of that. But that's where when a person is found to be with child or has been touched by a man, and then he finds it out later, then he can divorce her, put her away not marry her. And that's why he says, except for fornication. It's before you get married. After you get married, that doesn't apply. But people who want to use that can use that. 
See, when you want to do something, you'll do it regardless. And you'll find a way to justify it, whatever you want to do. But remember, there's always going to be some consequences somewhere down the road that either causes you or somebody else to question or, you know, doubt whether or not that was the wisest decision. But if you're willing to live with that, then live with it. But not everybody makes the same decision. Look at this one. Here in Malachi, the next one. This is the, the last book in the Old Testament when they had uh, come back from captivity and some of these people had uh, kind of broken some of their vows. You see, look what he says. But ye are departed out of the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people, according as ye have not kept my ways, but have been partial in your law. See, God didn't make people obey him. And some people will obey totally, and some people will be partial. But regardless of what it is, there's consequences. There's consequences to all of our decisions. And so he says that God is going to deal with it. Look in verse 14, that very next scripture. Yet ye say, wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. In other words, God is the witness. When a man and a woman get married, and there's that covenant, I do, I do, I wilt, they wilt. <laughs> but anyway, the two people are joined together in holy deadlock, uh, wedlock. So now, yes, they are God's children, and they have gotten married, and God knows the vows that we take. True? Does God know or not? That's why whenever I've done weddings, I always say, before God God and these witnesses, we join these two together in holy matrimony. How many of y'all have been married? See, there, didn't somebody say something similar like that? Well, that's where it comes. It's, it's scriptural. Look at the next statement. He makes a statement here in verse 16. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away, for one covereth violence. In other words, he hateth putting God hates divorce. God hates lying. God hates stealing. But do people do it anyway? Yeah, you can know a lot of people. And so I've tried to tell people this. When it comes to elders in the church, pastors in the church, deacons in the church, they cannot have been married and divorced and then remarried. If the if wife dies, then he, there's no problem. But if it is, then that person is not to hold that position. It doesn't mean they can't do other things. Every church that I've had, if it hadn't have been for some of the divorced people, we wouldn't get a lot of things done. But there's a position that they can't have. If I divorce my wife, I don't believe I qualify to be a pastor of a church. Period. I would like to change it if it happens to me. That'd be different. No, I can't change the book just because it would make me feel better. No, the book is still the book. And I, I honor this book, and I believe that's what we have to go by Look at the next statement down here. In Luke chapter 16, this is what he said. Whosoever putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery. Whosoever marrieth her that is put away from her husband committeth adultery. Is that what it says or not? Clears a bell. That's what it says. Because, see, they were types. And the type has been broken of the salvation that we have in Christ. That's why he says, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, how long did he save you for? Forever. So a man and a woman was to be married Forever. That's a long time. Until 
They're dead. And then they can't help it. If they're dead, they're dead. Well, if one of them dies, then you're free. So you could just pray, Lord, take my husband home. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Lord, I'm, I'm tired of this old lady I'm living with. And Lord, if you can give me a better one. This one man, he says, he, he found this little bottle on the beach and he, he rubbed it and his genie came out. He got to make a wish. He said, what do you want to wish? He says, well, I, I get one wish. I want a woman that's 20 years younger than I am. He couldn't wait. <laughs> he got home and his wife looked the same age. He looked in the mirror. He was 20 years older. <laughs> Can't win them all. Look at the last statement here. Before judging one another, please consider the following. In James chapter 2, verse 9 says, But if you have respect to persons, you commit what? You commit sin. You mean when you respect one person over another... When you're prejudiced and biased, is that right or wrong? It's wrong. You, you shouldn't do that. You see, it doesn't matter about the color of a person's skin or their nationality. God so loved the, the white folks. When I was in college, we had some Mexicans that came up. Some of them called themselves Mexicans. Some said, I'm not Mexican, I'm Spanish. Okay, well, whatever you are, you still speak Spanish, don't you? <laughs> anyway, we had about five or six of them in my class one day. And so I was going to start off, and I thought I'd have a little fun with them. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. We're red and yellow, black and white, and they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Uh, I got to the one part when I says red and yellow, black and white. I said, well, white and white and white and white. And they just. <laughs> Armando Hernandez, he raised his hand. He says, um, can we sing that song one more time? I said, sure. Jesus loved the little children, all the children of the world, brown and brown and brown and brown. <laughs> I couldn't do nothing but laugh. I got the point. They could have fun too. But see, there used to be a time when you could laugh. Today, you can't say anything because it's so offensive. You, you offended me. Then get over it. So you got offended. I'm not supposed to say and do anything because that offends you. you got a problem. You get over that. Don't try to change me. Anyway, that's just my humble opinion. Look at the next statement. Whosoever shall keep the whole law yet offend in one point is guilty of what? I'm guilty of all. For he that saith, do not commit adultery... Also said, do not kill. Now, if you don't commit adultery, but yet if thou kill, did you still break the law? Well, I never committed adultery. Yes, but did you lie? Did you steal? Did you covet? Do you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength? You see, it's so easy to judge somebody else's fault than our own. Brace Stanford, you put it this way. Anytime I point my finger at you, I got three pointing back at me. And I don't like pointing my finger at me. I don't mind pointing it at you. <laughs> Look at the next scripture. Romans 13 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. 
Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. If some people break the law and they sin, we're supposed to hate them, right, or love them? You love them anyway. You don't have to do the same thing. You can have whatever standards you want. You can live as holy and godly as you want. But not everybody's on the same page. Does everything exactly the same. So we need to watch this and our attitude and love one another because this thing about marriage is a great thing. I just, you know, I've been thinking, what am I going to do for my wife for her 60th anniversary? In a few more months, it'll be 60 years we've been married. Ain't that something? That's a long time. I'm almost as old as Dr. Paulson. Can you believe that? <laughs> Doc, we've been around a long time. And, um, and the best thing that ever happened to me, outside of trusting the Lord, is Betty. She's the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. So, have I got a lot to be thankful for? Yes, I do. She told me, she says, I'd never leave you because it just takes too long to train one. I told her one day, I says, if you ever leave me, I'm going with you. I said, I said if you ever die, I says, it won't be more than a week. I'll be right there. Because so much, I don't, I don't know how to take care of myself. <laughs> I've never washed clothes. I've never cooked a meal. I have no idea. I don't know how to boil water. Because I don't boil water. I don't iron. I don't do none of that. I don't sweep. I don't do none of that stuff. I've never asked her to preach, and she doesn't ask me to clean the house. We've got a good marriage. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. I'm serious as a heart attack. I wouldn't lie to you for anything in the world. Raise my right hand. Look up here. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin because we all have sinned. And sin can't get in. We can't get in. We contaminate heaven. And so God says, the wages of sin is death. And since we sinned, we're condemned. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are. So the Bible says you cannot save yourself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into this world because he loves us. You see, I was under Mr. Law. But Mr. Love came along. Because he loved me, he took all my sins and paid for them on the cross, came back from the dead. And because he loved me, he offered me eternal life as a free gift. And so and I, if I accept what he did for me, he gives me eternal life, and I get to go to heaven whenever I die. So that's why I can be married to a perfect son, because I'm the perfect wife. I hate saying that. The next time I get married, I'm going to be the wife. <laughs> this doesn't, you know. Just, but it's the truth. Because we're the bride of Christ. Y'all understand what I'm coming from, don't you? You, you understand. You didn't go to sleep, did you? No, this is a touchy subject. Most preachers want to preach this stuff. Because it's, it's scary. It's scary. When you look at this, that's why the disciples said in Matthew chapter 19, Lord, if, this, that's, if that's true about marriage, it'd be better if nobody got married. I'm just telling you what it said. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. Or if you're watching by internet, best thing you can ever do is trust Christ as your Savior. He'll give you eternal life as a free gift. And you can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. 
But if you're in the auditorium and maybe you've never trusted the Lord, why not right now? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Believe you died on that cross, paid for my sins. And tonight I will trust you as my Savior. Would you trust him? And if you do, God will save you, give you eternal life. You can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for all you do for us. And Father, we thank you for all the people in our church. We are a conglomerate of all kinds of people. We're all sinners, but we're forgiven sinners. We've been justified because of the payment you made on the cross for us. Help us to love each other as we should. Thank you for all you've done for us and what you're going to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.